This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. The devil must not want me to do this episode because I'm having all types of technical difficulties. My mic went out and everything, but I'm thankful I can still do some kind of a show. It ain't going to sound right, but it is what it is. It is what it is because I just ordered a mic and we'll be back rolling next week. Hopefully, this mic is fine. Um, Man, this is blowing me, man. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for life and health. I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for um, my parents. I'm thankful for um, for my Xbox. I'm thankful for Lyft so I can make some money. I'm struggling with income. Lyft has been... A godsend. I'm, I'm thankful for friends and family, even though I don't talk to them as much as I should. And, you know, I'm thankful for sports. Thankful for sports. I love them. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thankful for the Eagles, even though they get on my nerves. Because they trash. They trash. But we're going to get on the end of that later. Um, Here we go. We have the Thanksgiving games today. One is canceled. That is the Steelers and the Ravens. Man, that COVID is no joke. That second wave is no joke. Trust me, I know. Because I got the COVID like two weeks ago. And you know what was frustrating about it? I started feeling all right after a week. But I didn't really get officially cleared. Well, I got cleared by the task force. On t- that following Tuesday after I tested positive. And it took me damn near another week to get my positive results back. I think it was a thing where I it, I, it wasn't showing up in my email. Maybe it was going to spam. Um, I got my first positive test as early as Saturday, which is a week and a half after my first positive test is when I got my first negative test. And then it's just been negative, negative, negative ever since. So hopefully I'm good from now on. But let's get to these Thanksgiving games. So hey, no Ravens Steelers. That kind of scares me away from DraftKings and FanDuel. I'll just do it on Sunday. My predictions are I got the Texans 27, Lions 24. Neither team really play defense. Expect fireworks. Scores should be higher, to be honest, but... I'm going to keep it at that. Deshaun Watson is amazing. He killed it last week. They're going to ride that momentum against the Lions who play no defense. And um, they're going to duel. Like, the Lions did get shut out last week against Carolina, whose defense isn't, like, spectacular. But, hey, they killed them last week. And, boy, did the Panthers need it starting a backup quarterback. I, I just think... Deshaun Watson will be too much in the end, and they'll they'll find a way to pull it out. Probably a game-winning field goal. Washington and Dallas. So I've watched a lot of both teams, and that pass rush for Washington is something serious. And the Cowboys starting to play a little bit better, and they got Andy Dalton back, and he played somewhat well against the Vikings, and they're starting to reestablish their run game. They're going to do a lot better than they did last time. Against he was just out of sync. They had a bad first half and then couldn't get it back. They're at home this time. It's Thanksgiving. I want Washington to win because 
we can't have Dallas having any success. <laughs> Don't like the Cowboys over here. Well, depending on who you ask, because this is D.C. and it's split. It's a lot of Cowboys fans in D.C., especially among African-Americans. Like, it's a lot of Cowboys fans. A lot. So we split over here. But I'm telling you right now, I think unbiased, my unbiased opinion, my unbiased opinion is the Cowboys will win by seven. They will be too much. Uh, Alex Smith is going to take care of the ball. He has a lot of weapons with, well, he has a few weapons with McKissick and Gibson and McLaurin and sometimes Logan Thomas. Even Steven Sims. Steven Sims been a little slow out of the gate since he uh, came back from injury, but he's still dangerous. At the end of the day, man, um, I think the Cowboys robbed momentum from last week, just like the Texans, and they take it 28-21. Uh, at times, they'll struggle with the pass rush. But they'll do just enough to win this game at home. So there you go. I got Cowboys and Texans. Forget about the Ravens Steelers because it ain't happening. It is what it is. Now back to the Eagles. They trash. You got to be kidding me, man. They lost another winnable game. It's head scratching. They should have beat the Steelers. They should have beat the Ravens. They should have beat the Browns. They could have beat the Bengals. They could have beat that whole division. And then they had a 17 nothing lead on Washington. Oh, who else? Who else? Who else? Pretty much all of their games. Well, to be fair, they could have easily lost to the Giants twice. And the Cowboys game, I, that was just nonsense. Let's be honest. <laughs> that was just nonsense. But, man, they could have a lot better record than they have right now. But they loafing. It's the 2020 Eagles. They are inconsistent. Sometimes they play like the worst team in the league. Other times, they play like they can compete with anybody. Carson wins through two more picks. You know, the 2020 Eagles can be summed up by that first drive against the Browns. They was moving the ball. They was moving the ball. Looked like they turned the corner. Looked like they was ready to go. Uh, Miles Sanders was getting like damn near seven, eight yards a pop. Carson Wentz wasn't making mistakes. Then we get down to the four-yard line, and we fumble. You got to be kidding me. Now, to the Eagles' credit, they made some stops at the beginning. But then Carson Wentz throws a pick to Taki Taki. How do you get bodied by Taki Taki, who at the beginning of the year, Browns fans and, and sports radio personalities was trashing this guy, saying he was the worst linebacker in the NFL. The worst starting linebacker in the NFL. They were trashing him. But I guess to Taki Taki's credit, he did get better. But man, how he get bodied by Taki Taki? You gotta be kidding me. Jalen, okay, Jalen Rager was open. It looked like he was wide open. He was open, but the safety was right there. He, It may have been a first down, but it definitely wouldn't have been a pick six. You gotta be kidding me. Uh, I think the Eagles answered, but then we had... um. I think Chubb had that long run, 54-yard run. See, the thing about Chubb is he had 114 yards, but most of it was on that one play, and it was a hole. It was a hole. I said the Eagles will win this game if they stop the run, make Baker throw, and offensively they hold on to the ball, 
and they play solid offense. And you know what I'm saying? And they keep the Browns offense off the field. But the main thing was stopping the run. And I feel like they did that. Hunt only had 13 carries for 11 yards, and he only got that one touchdown an extra few yards because the refs said that Baker's forward progress was stopped. It wasn't, by the way. And they didn't let us challenge a clear fumble. That's the only reason Hunt scored. That game made me mad. It was the refs. It was the turnovers. Fulgham had another one-catch, eight-yard performance. This is ridiculous, man. It's just, oh, my God, this team, it's always something. If it's not this team messing up and, and shooting themselves in the foot, it's the refs. I mean, come on, man. We had them. Then we throw that pick, and we throw another pick in the red zone. I don't know what that play was to Alshon Jeffrey. Fulgham, Fulgham was in the end zone, and Denzel Ward was hugging his back, and they didn't call interference. Man, that game blew me, man. The Eagles are trash, but sometimes they don't get any help by the refs, and, and other times it's like, oh, my God. Maybe they did against the Cowboys, but that's it. Come on, man. We, they just got to play better. Got to run the ball more. Especially with Miles Sanders. You got to run the ball more. got to quit the turnovers. Receivers got to get open. Defense got to be more consistent. I mean, you can't let these long runs go. Uh, Baker didn't have a single turnover. We ain't forcing turnovers. Like, you got to be... That was a very winnable game. Very winnable. There's no reason for them to lose that game. Now, it might be one of the games that might cost us a playoff. And now we're heading into the gauntlet. You got Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, Arizona. That's your next four games, bro. It's going to be tough, but it's not impossible because I'm here to tell you right now. Seattle can be beat. I mean, both games last year with practice squad players, 17 to 9. And the second game could have been different if Carson Wentz didn't get knocked out. I'm here to tell you right now. Seattle plays no defense. And I'm not sure if their offensive line can block our defensive line. That's why them games were so close last year, because we got the Russell Wilson so many times. I'm not, not afraid of the Seahawks. The Eagles can definitely win this game, especially at home. They've won both of their primetime games. I'm just saying. That's another thing in their favor. Now, I know they haven't beaten the Seahawks since 2008. They have not beaten Russell Wilson ever. But it's okay because they still have a great chance. And the 2020 Eagles have been up and down and mostly leaning towards just being straight up trash. I know the odds are against the Eagles, but I'm telling you right now, they coming. And they can beat the Seahawks. Now the Saints. The Saints are just flat out inconsistent. And the game's in Philly. The game's in Philly. I know there's no fan. Game's outside. And Drew Brees might not even be playing. We might have a good game plan against Taysom Hill. Now, the, the Saints' defense, inconsistent. But come on, man. Come on, man. We Eagles can beat that team. A team an Eagles team that stays in every game. I'm telling you, the Saints are going to let them stay in this game. And then the Eagles can take it. If they want it. And then after that, they got the Packers, who are inconsistent and turn the ball over. 
I don't know. Like, we only beat Aaron Rodgers one time. That was last year because we ran the ball. But, see, we don't really run the ball that well. We we have, like, a few big runs, and then that's it. Um, you have to run the ball against them and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And another thing they did last year to beat Green Bay was play great goal line defense. Other than that, secondary has no chance against those receivers. Aaron Jones is a monster. Defensively, I'm not even sure we could block that pass rush. That That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. At Green Bay, too, in December? I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. But it's not impossible. Did it last year. I mean, Green Bay lost to the freaking Chargers last year. Who, the Eagles are about on that type of level right now. Maybe a little bit better than that Chargers team last year. But on that type of level. Then, you got the Cardinals. Who is the worst team out of the four. They don't play any defense. They play very little defense. Are you kidding me right now? Kyler Murray is amazing. I trust me. I know he was a Sooner. I watched him. I saw. I watched him. I watched him in person for what two games? When he was a Sooner, when he was starting at West Virginia, or against Texas at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, I know. But against the Eagles, he got to go against Fletcher Cox and them, bro. If we have a good game plan against Kyler Murray. We can limit him. I mean, come on. They lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Dolphins. Tua carved them up. Tua didn't do anything against the Rams and the Broncos. Are you kidding me? But he killed the Cardinals, though. Cardinals don't play no defense, man. They don't play no defense. You got to be kidding me. Like, we could definitely beat them. They lost to the Lions, bro. They way better. They better than the Lions. They lost to the Lions. But is the Eagles fan supposed to be scared of them? It's just, but, you know, I should be scared of all of them because the Eagles are inconsistent and are kind of trash. But they're in, I'm telling you right now, they can win any of these games, but they can lose any of these games because of that inconsistent. They can win any of these games because they got a strong on quarterback who don't quit. They got a team that don't quit. They got a solid defensive line that can put pressure on anybody, and that's stout up front. And you got a secondary that is scrappy sometimes. So you got, I mean, linebackers are okay, but they're not horrible. So you know what I'm saying? They could definitely compete with these guys. But you got to quit the turnovers, man. Period. Period. And even the game where they didn't turn the ball over against the Giants, they were giving up big plays left and right. And they had terrible field position. Come on, man. Gotta do better. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady will be fine. I mean, yeah, he threw two picks versus the Rams. Yeah, he disappointed everyone who hypes him up. Yeah, sure. He threw two picks to the same guy who got picked six rounds, same number, in 2020. Just like Tom Brady did 20 years ago, which is weird. It's okay. Because he's still the GOAT. Steal the gold. But, you know, these stats in these primetime games are puzzling. First primetime game, you lost to the Bears by one. Had one touchdown. He was 25 for 41. 253 yards, a touchdown. Sacked three times. Lost by one. The next primetime game against the Giants, 28 for 40. 279 yards. Two touchdowns, sacked twice, one by two. Against the Saints, 
terrible. 22 for 38, 209 yards, three interceptions, sacked twice, lost by 35. I truly believe most of them yards came in garbage time. Um, And then this last game, he was 26 for 48, 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked once, lost by three. It's okay. It's all right. And, you know, Fournette dropped the ball three times, didn't help him. Man, listen, they had plenty of chances to win this game. Plenty. And on the back end, I mean, Buccaneers, they were getting their sacks. They were getting their turnovers. But, man, the Rams were killing them with them screens. And Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, what a duo. They both had, like, 100 yards receiving. Both had, like, double-digit receptions. Killed them. Killed them. Which is great for me because I had Robert Woods. And you know it helped me kill it in fantasy, and I, you know I love it. I was I was uh I was thankful for that too. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. So, man, look, man, Tom Brady will be fine. Killed the Panthers twice. He killed the Raiders. Very good team. I mean, he killed the Packers. Listen, they're gonna be a playoff team. Buccaneers are gonna be a playoff team. I don't think they're gonna win the division. That's out. Um, but the primetime games are kind of puzzling. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know why they don't show up in these primetime games. Kind of the opposite of the Eagles who happen to win their two primetime games. But, yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, They'll be back. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Um, I like how Bruce Arian said that uh, we got people open. Because some of them plays they ran at the end kind of made me scratch my head uh i don't know if they were trying to hit the seam on cover three i don't know what they were doing on some of them plays some of them deep balls man i don't know but it looked horrendous and he threw it right to the damn safety it literally looked like when you miss the seam the safety is right there i see it on madden all the time listen the buccaneers are talented they could still win the super bowl even if they're a wild card team that comes to Philly. <laughs> you, you know, I'm still going to say the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the division. So we welcome in all challengers in the wild card. But even if it's Dallas or the Giants again, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But the Buccaneers could definitely win and make a Super Bowl run. That's on everything. Now, <laughs> another Tom Brady. He'll be fine. Okay. And, and, and don't they play the Falcons twice? Man, they're going to kill them. All right. They, they'll be fine. They'll be all right. They'll figure out whatever they got to figure out. And I'm sure Fournette will be put in different packages that doesn't involve freaking being a third down shotgun back. Yeah. No. All right. Let's get into NBA free agency. So you got Bertans back with the Wizards. Five years, 80 million. Hold on, hold on. You know, I'm so glad he's back. I'm very glad he's back. Because he was a third leading scorer. We need all the help we can get on the Wizards. Now, I don't know if he plays any defense. I mean, come on. Anybody that's back from last season already assumed they don't play any defense. Because, well, we were, what, the second to last, second worst defensive team in the league? Next to the Hawks. (laughs) 
So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what that does for us defensively, but offensively, that's great. Another shooter that could spread the floor and, you know, help out Bradley Bill and maybe John Wall. I I haven't heard about John Wall getting traded lately, so he's probably staying. I mean, with that contract, I mean, only the Rockets will take that contract if they're going to trade us Russell Westbrook. But that's another topic for another day. Uh, he's probably staying. Anyway, back to the rest of it. I'm so glad he's back with the Wizards. Staying with the Wizards. They got Roe Nato, who's probably just going to be another veteran guard off the bench. I I don't know. He's not going to play that much, I don't I don't think. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, especially when John Wall come back. He definitely ain't going to play when John Wall come back. Robin Lopez. We did need another big man. I guess that'll do for now. You know, we didn't get one in the draft. We didn't get the Marcus Cousins. We didn't get the White Howard. Didn't we have the White Howard at one time? We did. We did. And, you know, it didn't work out. I mean, wasn't he was hurt most of the time. And then that started the emergence of Thomas Bryant. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> as soon as he signed, that's when all the John Wall trade rumors started and him asking to be traded and yada yada and john wall says he doesn't want to is that's weird anyway wizards got some solid pickups got a nice draft pick i'm willing to see where it goes i don't know where the defense is gonna come from but screw it okay so now the raptors re-signed van vliet and the pelicans re-signed brandon ingram so van vliet got four years 85 million I mean, he's pretty much a franchise player for the Raptors. I, I didn't see him leaving at all. Uh, Brandon Ingram getting $158 million for five years. Wow. Wow. I mean, he's pretty good. He's really good. You got to lock him up. You can't let him go to, I don't know, one of these uh, teams that are like like the Nets or something. No, he wasn't going to be on the Nets, but <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't let him go, man. That, that's another franchise player type. That you build around. I don't know. Pel- Pelicans are probably two years away. I- I'm just saying. Even though they got Steven Adams. That's another pickup. But that was a trade, I believe. So the Hawks got Rondo, Gallinari, Chris Dunn, and Bogdan. I think all those guys come off the bench. Maybe one or two of them starts. Chris Dunn ain't starting. But, you know what's funny? Chris Dunn and, and Trey Young got into it a few times. Now they're going to be getting into it in practice, just like they did in the game, which is cool because maybe it'll, it'll toughen up Trey Young a little bit more. I mean, he was already tough, but man, it's, this is great. So the Lakers got Marcus All. I mean, they drafted him and then they traded him, but now they got him back like 10 years later. That's crazy to me, but it's funny how the world works. Uh... Yeah, I said the Lakers lost Gasol, but got Aaron Baines. No, the Raptors lost Marc Gasol, but now they got Aaron Baines. I mean, that's a downgrade, but okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure the Raptors system and coaching will make that work. They they know what they're doing. I mean, come on. They just won a title, and they were one game away from being back in the conference finals. So they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So Gordon Hayward got a Four years, 120 mil to go to Charlotte. But I just heard a story about 
him probably doing a sign and trade to Charlotte. I don't get it. I don't know. That's something I have to look into. But he's with Charlotte. We all thought he was crazy when he opted out of Boston, when he opted out of a $34 million extension. We thought he was crazy, but now he's getting 30 mil a year from Charlotte. Like, it worked out. It worked out. There was a method to his madness. Maybe he was talking to Charlotte all along. Uh, Chris, Christian Wood is like a French all-star, and he's going to Houston. And I'm like, man, he said he'd be a great second option to Harden. And I'm like, James Harden probably like, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> he not going to be there, bro. Bro, Christian Wood might be the face of the Rockets if they lose Westbrook and Harden. I'm just saying. So I, I like the move for Houston. And, and if Westbrook and Harden stayed, that's going to be a nice big three. They might be a threat once again. But I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers or the Clippers or the, Rock, or the Nuggets. I mean, come on. I don't even know if they can beat the Jazz. All right. You got Montrez going to the Lakers. He said it's nothing to do with chemistry. It's strictly business. Uh, I guess he got offered more by the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers also got Serge Ibaka. They, they just reloading. You know, I mean, they, they lost Dwight Howard. They traded McGee. They, they got rid of Danny Green and Rajon Rondo. But... They got Ibaka, they got Trez, uh, they got Schroeder. I think those are upgrades. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. No, 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 no. Ibaka didn't go to the Lakers. My bad, my bad. They got Gasol. I just said it. They got Trez, Gasol, and Schroeder. Come on, man. That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. Hey, Ibaka went to the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Ibaka and Gasol were teammates on the Raptors, and now they're on opposite sides of the Lakers and Clippers. And this is just like Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Lakers and Clippers going to be very entertaining once again. Tristan Thompson went to Boston. Not sure how that's going to go, but that's solid. He had his one of his best seasons last year, and he goes to a team that. Could have easily been in the finals. So that's another solid piece for them. Uh, Drogic. I was like, Drogic returned to the Heat. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Then I saw one year, 18 million. I was like, what? One year? Why? What? What is the rationale behind that? It, is he just going to go back into free agency next year? Is he going to come back to the Heat next year and get a long-term deal? Is he going to go somewhere else? I didn't really get the one-year thing, but whatever. I, I assume you know what he's doing. Austin Rivers is a Nick. Yeah, I guess. They, they need guards. Maybe he'll come off the bench. Maybe he'll start. I don't know what their lineup's looking like, but he's a solid piece over there. They, I don't think the Knicks are going to do that much, but I think they did get, did get a little bit better. They did get a little bit better. Finally, another notable one. Signing is Seth Curry in Philly with his father-in-law, Doc Rivers. Uh, I just think, you know, Danny Green, Seth Curry. Oh, the White Howard's in Philly, too. So, you know, that re replaces Al Horford. I don't know if he's going to fit that system better or whatever. But Philly needed shooters. So, Seth Curry, 
and Danny Green, perfect, perfect. All right, so now, okay. So now it's time for the Sooner School. Little brother, little brother, y'all trash, boy. Best defense in the Big 12? Man, go ahead. You, you know what? I believe that. I, I believed it. I fell for it. But I was like, Oklahoma's offense is so good, it's not going to matter. And it didn't. OU won 41-13. And it's like, yo, OU came out with the energy from the beginning. And I loved it. They were at home. They were ready to pounce on Oklahoma State. They were ready to get them out of here. They played with so much energy, so much passion. I, I could feel it all the way in D.C. I could feel it. And I, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I, I was hyped. I just wanted to just... It felt like I was there, man. Like, that's the most hype I've been for Bentlam in a while. And it's like, man, 21 nothing, Killing them, bro. You know, I, I love that pick we got in the first quarter. And it's just like... I can't pronounce the kid's name, but it was a hell of a play. I thought he kind of dropped it, but he got it. It was, it was still a great play. I don't know what OU was doing in second and third quarter. Spencer Sanders got hurt, so that's why his stats look pitiful. He only threw for 90 yards, but he was out for like two quarters. But man, uh, OU only had six points in the second and third quarter combined. I don't know. They do that sometimes where they take whole quarters, quarters and a half off. I don't know why. They picked it back up in the fourth quarter. That's when they got the running game going. And they just, just ran Oklahoma State out of the stadium. Chuba Hubbard only had eight carries, 44 yards. I will say he was hurt. That's why I said in the preview, you got to watch out for his backup, LD Brown, number zero. But he was shut down, too. He didn't look nearly as good as he did against Kansas State. Um, Defense came to play. I don't know why people were mad at Buki for that penalty. Y'all get mad at him for everything. It all started with that West Virginia game where he played awful and got benched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever since then, y'all been on his case. And it's like, with this guy, I just take the good and the bad. This game, I mean, he got flagged for taunting, but it was a weak penalty. I mean, he was pointing at him, treating him like a like little bro. And the guy smacked his hand. But you called a penalty on Buki? And y'all get mad at him for getting the penalty? When the ref was being soft? The ref's all game, bro. Okay, okay. Some some calls OU got in the first quarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, come on. You got that call. You got the Trey Brown pass interference that let them get another touchdown. That let them get their first touchdown. Well, their only touchdown. I mean, come on, man. Refs, man. Refs. I mean, there's some holding penalties they miss. But the phantom pass interference and the um the inconsistency with the, the taunting call, that was the only taunting penalty. All the stuff that happened after the play... The whole game, even with the Ronnie Perkins uh, pushing Chuba Hubbard's helmet, that didn't get called. But you called that Buki one, like, come on, man. It's a rivalry game. It shouldn't be no taunting penalties unless it's way over the top. It shouldn't be no unsportsmanlike conduct unless it's way over the top. Like, we playing games. Like, that was ridiculous. 
is no reason to be mad at Buki. The rest were loafing. But, you know, OU won. Uh, Stevenson was slowed down for the most part until the end. Like, he turned up. He turned up at the end. And, and he, man, if he didn't get suspended, he would have been in a Heisman race. Like, he's that good. Ronnie Perkins is that good. They came back and they provided a spark to this team. And, and they look like they could win the Big 12 again. We'll see. Still got two more games. And you got the Big 12 championship against a team we've already played. Probably Iowa State. Um, it's either going to be Iowa State or Texas. I, I can't see Oklahoma State being there. So, get ready. I mean, Texas, that game is crazy. So I expect another classic if we play against Texas in the Big 12 championship. But it's probably going to be Iowa State. So the West Virginia game got postponed. I had a small feeling that if any OU game got postponed, it's West Virginia. Because this COVID, the COVID cases are spiking once again. It's a night game. I'm like, I already ruled myself out of going to the game on Tuesday. So I'm like, yeah, this doesn't look good. So it got postponed. Uh, I was cool with it. I mean, the game's going to happen on the 12th. Hopefully I get to watch that in Jamaica. I don't know what Jamaica TV is like, but hopefully I get to watch that game. Uh, it should beat Baylor at home next week. Should bring the same energy, especially being off for two weeks. Man, we, we should bring the pain to Baylor. Uh, speaking of Ronnie Perkins, this game, he had five tackles, three solo, three tackles for loss, two sacks. I love how this guy plays. I love the energy. He said the suspension made him like a cage animal, just waiting to get out. So when he gets out, he's going to do his thing. And I just love it. I felt it. Like, he's like my spirit animal, man. Man, he's such an inspiration. And if he keep playing like that, OU's not going to lose another game. Facts. Anyway, listen. There's a lot it's a lot of talk about OU and the CFP. And I'm like, I look at the CFP and I'm like, better than Cincinnati. Cincinnati, we're better than you. Northwestern, better than you. Miami, better than you. I mean, Miami got De'Ara King. You saw what we did to De'Ara King last year. Come on now. Better than you. Indiana plays no defense. They're just like Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. BYU haven't played anybody better than you. Oregon haven't played anybody better than you. I'm telling you, man. So OU number 11, they should be number 10. But they lost two games. They lost two games. So I'll take what I can get. But we're, we're better than those teams for sure. For sure. I'm not even going to talk about Coastal Carolina and Liberty. I mean, Liberty just lost. So I don't have to worry about Liberty. They out. Man, come on, man. OU might sneak in the playoffs, but I don't think so. It's just too many losses. That Kansas State loss really hurt us. We don't lose to Kansas State. We're top five. Period. So that's done. So now let's get to make it make sense. Could somebody please make it make sense? Could somebody please make it make sense? So this week, we got the Jets and the Dolphins. I'm telling you, it's always the Jets or the Jaguars. Yeah, okay, we had the Bengals and Washington on here, featured on here before, but it's usually the Jets or the Jaguars. I mean, even the Jaguars are six and a half point underdogs. Close enough. 
But the Jets are seven-point underdogs. They're the biggest underdog of the week. It's against the Dolphins. It's a winnable game. I mean, you saw Tua last week. He only had like 80 yards. Got yanked in the third quarter. I mean, pretty much the Jets, they can win this game. They almost beat the Chargers. The Chargers are, well, okay, the Dolphins are better than the Chargers, but not by much. I mean, the Dolphins beat the Chargers. Barely. But anyway, here we go. So, Frank Gore, get him to 100 yards. I mean, he did pretty good last week. 66 yards and a touchdown, I believe. Uh, Need to quit the silly turnovers. This man, Joe Flacco, threw a pick six on his own two-yard line. Like, what are we doing? Like, quit those stupid turnovers. Kind of like the Eagles. Um, Make the Dolphins bench two again. Two is starting. Um, I don't know why they benched him last week. But he's starting again. Pressure him. Confuse him. Make them bench him again. Uh, win the time of possession. Because last week, they only lost by six. And they had the ball 13 less minutes. So just imagine if if it was flipped or 50-50. Might, they might have won the game. Yeah. So... Continue good red zone defense. So the Chargers were two for five last week in the red zone. And that's part of the reason why the Jets only lost by six last week. Because they were forcing the Chargers to kick field goals. And it kept them in the game. And, you know, that's all. That's all. This is a winnable division game. I know. And it's at home. It's at home. So the Jets can win this game. They probably won't. But it's a winnable game. It's a winnable game. For sure. Okay, that was a quick make that make sense. So let's talk about the KBO. The KBO for the last time. For the last time this year. I don't know if I'll get to talk about it next year. But this year is done. So the NC Dinos, I I said, I predicted. I said NC Dinos in six, maybe seven. And then I predicted NC Dinos in seven, maybe six. So they won in six. Okay. Uh... The series looked in jeopardy when they lost game three. They took over game four. Uh, they ran away with game five. And then they got off to a lead in about the sixth inning in game six. And they never let go. The thing is, man, the pitching. The pitching was spectacular. I mean, they, they were a team that had a good starting rotation all year. They had... Good offense all year. They just did everything well. They were the best team in the league for a reason. And I just thought they were going to win, and they did. So here we go. So game five, uh, NC Dinos. See, Chris Flexen has been flexing all postseason. He only gave up one run in each of his um, three games or so. I think one game, he gave up zero. He's been dealing. But he gave up a big two-run home run. He gave up another big RBI. Um, and, and it really didn't help him because, I mean, Doosan lost 5-0. NC Dinos won 5-0 in game five. That big home run sparked it. They had two runs in the six and two runs in the seven. That was game five. Yeah, game five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Aaron Altair, like, all the games they won, Aaron Altair, who used to play for um the Phillies, that's where I remember him from. He played for several teams, but I mostly remember him from the Phillies. He had... Big RBIs. He had a big RBI in Game 5, and he had a big double in Game 6. Now, he was clutch. 
All year. All year, that's what he did. Once again, they're starting pitching. Uh, Chang Mo Koo was great in Game 5. Game 6, Ruzinski, just uh, start playing the ether music because every time he hopped on the mound, he was ethering. He just ethered, folks. I mean, he came in relief in Game 4 and didn't allow a run. He started Game 6, didn't allow a run. He only allowed six hits. Even though he had only two strikeouts, he killed it. On the other side, though, their ace, Dusan's ace in game six, they started Alcantara, who's been pretty much great all year. He gave up eight hits, three home, three earned runs, and five in a one-third inning. I mean, wow. Um, Dusan, Dusan, statistically, outside of home runs, had a better offense than NC Dinos. But they didn't show up. They didn't show up. Especially in game five. That's crazy, man. Congrats to NC Dinos. They deserve it. They were the best team all year. And I knew they were going to win, even with the long layoff. Because the Koreans' playoffs are weird. The The first seed go, automatically goes to the Korean series. Everyone else has to duke it out to get to the Korean series. But, you know, they, they were the best. And so much for that stat about... The team that wins game three wins 93% of the time. But I said, but I said last week, if any team could turn that trend around, it's NC Dinos. And that's exactly what happened. I guess they're part of the 7% or so that that won Korean series after being down 2-1. I mean, this was this was the perfect team to do it. So congrats to them. Uh, hopefully I get to watch next year. Hopefully, I get to watch a little more next year, and we'll see what MLB players end up over there. That's all. Hey, yo, maybe, um, ah, oh, man, I forgot this guy's name. God damn. Addison Russell. Maybe Addison Russell will come back for Kiwoon, and they'll have a better season, because they just, I don't know what happened to them down the stretch, but maybe next year they'll be better. All right. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. So now, this is a rematch between Legion of Boom fantasy football team or league and Team Lauren Enjoy, aka Lauren's Joy. Flag football, Turkey Bowl, you already know. So you know, Legion of Boom fantasy football league. You got me, John Rue, Chris, Zach, Ryan, Tracy, Matt, Ben, Neville, Greg. So Lauren's Joy, you got Lauren Chamberlain, Joy Taylor, Aaron Miller, Destiny Martinez, Kalani Ricketts, Paige Parker, Baker Mayfield instead of Buddy Hill, Jason Taylor instead of Colin Cowherd, probably upgrades, <laughs> uh, Toby Rowland and Jessica Schultz instead of, well, that's the extra person this time. <laughs> All right, anyway, here we go. Big rematch. In Norman. Here we go. So to start off the game, Baker throws a deep post to Jason Taylor. Me and Greg are safeties. We're playing cover two. He runs a post. He's, he gets in between us. He catches the ball. Neither of us get there. He walks into the end zone for a touchdown. But our team answers. A few chunk plays. A few first downs. And then, yeah, I get it. Get a touchdown. I run in for a touchdown when no one was open. I scramble. I spin into the end zone touchdown. 
7-7. We both get the one-point conversion. It's a good game. So then Baker throws another TD to Jason Taylor. We can't stop him for whatever reason. We're going to have to make an adjustment. So we went man-to-man. But before we went man-to-man, we answered with a TD. Me to Zach. Me to Zach, 15-yard pass. 14-14. So... Because we both got the conversion once again. Remember, this is DC Frey rules. So pass rush, 1-1,000, 2 3 up to 5-1,000, then go. Then you could pass rush. So you got like seven seconds to make a decision. That's a lot. So more offense. And DC Frey refs too. So then our horrid defense continues as Destiny Martinez catches a curl route on Ben on the sideline, evades Ben, spins off his, his tag. Ben doesn't get the flag. She runs all the way to the end zone. I don't get there. Greg doesn't get there. Touchdown. They get the one-point conversion, 21-14. So then I come back with a TD pass to Tracy, and then it's then we get the one-point conversion, 21-21. So then we go back to zone, but we focus on... Jason Taylor. So we make sure we double this guy when we can. When he gets in your zone, like focus on him. So he runs a post, that same post they score on. Baker is looking his way. Me and Greg both converge on him. Unfortunately, Paige Parker runs a dig and she is wide open. Baker throws it to her and it's 28-21 after the one-point conversion. Paige Parker's running slow. I run my fastest to try to get her, and I miss the flag, and she scores. Like I said, she got the one-point conversion. 28-21. Now it's halftime. So, we get the ball coming out the half. You should tie it. We've been having success all game. We don't score. We go four and out. Cool. We pretty much go four and out. Short field, for Baker's team and they decided to go man on defense and it it really stumped us at first but on offense with the short fill Baker immediately throws it to Lauren Chamberlain back of the end zone and they get the one point conversion and now it's 35 21 three downs nothing once again I get a pass to Matt for first down and then right after that I throw it right to Jessica Schultz picked off and then Baker converts that uh, two easy passes to uh, Roland and and uh, Joy Taylor, but then throws another touchdown pass. This time, this time to Joy Taylor, she catches two in this drive, including the TD. But they missed the one point conversion. Thank God, it's forty-one twenty-one. Lawrence Joy once again. We're down by a lot, but you know me. I ain't rocking. So we answer back, methodical drive down the field, and we get a short TD pass to Greg. And now we go for two. We go for two. I scramble around. Jason Taylor's chasing me, but I throw one into the end zone to Matt. It's contested by Kalani Ricketts, but he still catches it. It's 41-29. And then right after that, after Baker gets a fourth down conversion, he runs in a fourth down conversion. But right after that, he throws another pass to Jason Taylor. But then, in an attempt to Jessica Schultz, I swoop in. I get the interception. 
and now we're back in business. And then after after a short pass to Zach, throw it to Junru for another touchdown. And then the one-point conversion's good. 41-36. We got a game. We got a game about three minutes to go. It's coming down to the wire once again. And after getting close to the first down, we stopped them on four. No, 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 no. Actually, no, they did get the first down. They got another first down. Then they was in the red zone. We stopped them on all four downs. And then we get the ball. Did nothing for the first three downs. Incomplete. Bad throw. Almost picked off on the third. On third down. But then I line up fourth down. We're on our own 20-yard line. This is the game. It's pretty much, this is like 30 seconds to go. It's fourth down. This is pretty much the game. So here we go. I'm at the line. I'm, I'm yelling out cadences. And then, yeah, I'm yelling out cadences. I'm doing the fake motion thing. Actually, it is a real motion. Because Greg motions across the formation. Motions back. And then he turns around. Turns around. I fake it to him. Matt and Ben look like they're going to block. They was faking. And on the other side, I had a curl route and then a slant. But Chris ran the slant. Chris ran the slant. But then it was a slant and go. He slant, then went, took off upfield. Made Jessica Schultz slip, and he's wide open, and I just launch it. I launch it. Jason Taylor's on my back. I just launch it through as hard as I could. And Chris is running, running, running. I'm like, please get there. Please, please. He catches the ball, stumbles, and scores. And I go ballistic. We're going crazy. I'm doing the Baker windmill celebration. And, it, and it's lit. We're up 42-41. Of course, we don't get the one-point conversion. It was broken up by Jason Taylor. So, pretty much, they have one more chance to win with 15 seconds to go. Baker throws a Hail Mary. Jason Taylor has the ball in his hands, but I jump up to knock it away. And that is the game. Once again, we win 42-41. 42-41, man. Legion of Boom wins again. Turkey Bowl hypothetical game of the episode. And once again, that's the end of the episode. Technical difficulties blew me, but hey, got through the show and I'm thanked. So I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.